Hello, you're listening to Put On Your Positive Pants. I'm your host, Beth Wilson, and I'll be bringing you a dose of positivity every week. For this episode, I'm joined by a friend and former colleague, Carl Jones. He's a comedian, an author, and a fellow podcaster. And I don't know anyone who loves football as much as Carl. It's a real passion of his, and that's what this episode is all about. Following your dreams, following your passion projects, and how to maybe get started on one too. So I hope you take some inspiration from this episode. Let's get to it. So enter the podcast, Carl. Hi, Carl. How are you? I'm very well, Beth. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Uh, Could you please introduce yourself for my lovely listeners? Yes. So uh, my name is Carl Jones. I am a, let's get this list right, a comedian, uh, an an author. I'm I'm now a podcaster, uh, a big football fan as well, which kind of uh, filters into all of those previous job descriptions. Yep. And that's what I know you for most. Well, obviously, we used to work together. Uh, Carl is a friend and an ex-colleague. And your love of football just comes through everything that you do. (laughs) And before we start, I just want to say that, like, I so respect people that, like, have a hobby or a passion project, because I just think, I don't know, as, like, time's gone by, I mean, it's not like I'm mega old, but, like, as I've gotten older... I just find like no one has a hobby anymore. Like, yeah. Everyone's just on their phone or like, you know, they're just on TikTok or or whatever or watching TV. And that's all like well and good. If that's what you want to do with your time, that is not like a diss of anyone doing that. And we all do that. But I just feel like, I don't know, people don't seem to be super passionate about anything anymore um and it's just yeah it's just really great like I love hearing people talk really passionately about something like even if it's something that's not my interest like I can't pretend that I like know much about football at all but like I do love hearing people talk about things that they love like it it just I don't know people just light up don't they and like it's just so nice to see that that people have a real interest in something yeah, and I think obviously football, I mean, I, I completely get as well that there's lots of people who, who who don't like football and actually it can be a real almost conversation turn off for people and I, I yeah. get that as well, you know, and I think there's, there's, there's lots of, it's multifaceted I think in terms of, for me, watching football and being part of football and being involved in it, I, I, I love the stories behind it and mm-hmm. I love the kind of, um, the human element and the experiences and the kind of connections that I've made through it as well so for me it's always been a big connector like right from when I was quite young um, it would be the thing that you know if I was going to watch the football my dad was picking me up from school we we're going to the football that was like an exciting thing you know I remember that kind of looking forward to that throughout the day and kind of as, as I got a little bit older and you get more you, you meet friends through football and having really really great experiences I mean everyone in my life kind of says you know that things happen and I can almost take it back to roughly when the football match was and I don't really know why my brain is programmed quite like that um, but it it is it's kind of almost been a marker point through various points of my life. And and I suppose as I realised that, yeah, as I, as I advance in years and I am still quite 
obsessive about it in this respect. Yeah, this is this is kind of one of the things that does define me, and I'm I'm quite comfortable with that. Apart from, as I say, that there's the elements of football, the real tribalism and stuff that I'm not I'm not mad keen on, yeah. but a lot of the projects I've done, it really is talking to people about football and and, and really I think football is a bit of a vehicle um, mm. for, for, for people, for people's lives and stories and their identities yeah. and things. And, and that's what I, I'm really interested in. Yeah. And I mean, that really comes across um, through all your different things. So do you want to tell us a little bit about the books that you've written? Yeah. So, um, well, I, 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 initially I started writing about football um it was called the underdog blog and again the premise bringing it back to that human element the underdog blog was uh, the FA Cup which is known for kind of throwing up upsets and throwing up um David and Goliath kind of mm-hmm. uh, contests I uh, decided to go and follow a team who were playing a side that were better than them on paper and go and support that side and go and meet the people involved. And, and I did that for a couple of years and, and it, you know, it got, it got a little bit of traction and it did quite well, but the, the stories that were most interesting was um, going to the very early rounds where you go into a community club. The one that sticks with me was a Peniston church in South Yorkshire. And I went and spoke to the chairman there and uh, this chap who's, perhaps his late 50s early 60s uh, he was chairman of this amateur club and they were playing in the FA Cup for the first time in something like their 110 120 year history and this guy as he was telling me he said you know I was walking he says it means a lot to the town you know as I was walking to the stadium here today people are driving past me and saying good luck Dave good luck and the guy choked up trying to sort of tell me this sentence you know this was almost like a, a life's work because a football club is a place where you know you've maybe got from really little children right up to a seniors team um you know Peniston Church is one of those clubs where they've got juniors and women's teams and girls teams that are all the way through the age groups that is at the center of that community um and, and a place where people still go and go and meet so that then prompted something that I, my first book was written about a team called New Mills. They'd actually spent an entire season, they'd gone an entire season without winning a game, which, you know, I imagine even as non-football fans, you know, that's pretty rare. <laughs> I know that that's pretty, bad. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so so they, they hadn't won a game for 15 months and they got, they ended up attracting national headlines about this um, and really ridiculing them. And comparing them to kind of uh, the worst—they were called the worst team in England—was one of the what one of the pieces That's called. So them. sad, <laughs> you know. And and actually, behind the scenes is a bunch of volunteers, people who are not yeah. being paid, who are rocking up at seven o'clock on a Saturday morning and not going home till seven o'clock at night. They're doing stuff during the week. They're painting in the summer. They're getting dogs abuse probably on social media and stuff because of all of this. And you, to me, I wanted to know why you know why do you put yourself through this and in a way I already knew the answer to that and I contacted them and said you know I'd I'd love to follow you for a season and initially they were very very unsure because comedian follow struggling football team they've had all these things (laughs) they just thought I was going to come and 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 just further twist the knife um and one of my proudest things of that was that they were hugely pleased with kind of the end result um and then that prompted my 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 next book which um is a i support tottenham hotspur it's about tottenham hotspur supporters clubs around the world so again for me why on earth would someone 
Um, and this is a literally true story. Why on earth would someone get up at three o'clock in the morning on a Sunday and go to a closed karaoke bar in Japan, watch Tottenham Hotspur, which can be a very underwhelming experience uh, <laughs> a great deal of the time. And then literally at the end of that, you know, get on the get on the tube and go go to work for the day, literally firing caffeine down mm-hmm. their throat because, you know, they've been up all night to watch this match. And the only place they could watch it is a karaoke bar that offered to stick it on. These people. Uh, so, so, you know, when I kind of think about my obsession with football, I kind of think, would I do that? No, I actually don't think I would do that. <laughs> so I kind of was motivated to go and meet go and meet and chat to people even more obsessed than me but one chap I met um who I really related to and actually bumped into bizarrely um a British guy 20 years ago he went on a work trip to Australia um he came back a week later knowing that within the office their Sydney office or whatever it was that he'd met the woman he was going to marry eventually by a couple of years later he'd gone and moved out there and emigrated and he said the first time he felt at home was he walked into a bar um the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Club and there was like you know four blokes sat around a bar kind of you know oh yeah we're over here and that's when he felt at home because he was watching Tottenham and that was a bit of home because he felt like he'd left all of his networks Mm. and had kind of become part of his wife's networks in a different culture different country and I, I think that's what football can do or can be a vehicle for amazing and I I love like the connection that you can have with people through something like through love of something whether that be generally the game or like your team you know what whatever it might be or or community like you were saying in in kind of your first story like I, I do love that element of it like you said before there's a bit of bit of rubbish that we'll just like we'll leave that to one side that's that's not what we're here to talk about but but yeah, like I do love that kind of coming together. Um, and I wanted to hear a little bit more about just how how like your love of football came about. Like, where did it start? Um, you mentioned your dad. Like, is that is that where it came from? I think it was. I think going uh, to to watch football with with him and just just see these moments of just really special moments of just mm-hmm. I, I think I, I love I do love live sport generally I kind of have to ration myself on how much sport I watch because I would watch I think I'd probably just watch all the sport and <laughs> and again so I, I you know I love I love watching sport so I think that that's something that I really kind of connect with but again I, I think about the moments I just think it's the stories behind it um but then you know I mean, this Wednesday, I will be going to London from the Midlands, uh, picking my son up from school with my dad. We'll be going down to watch a match that could turn out to be very disappointing. We'll get back at a silly time. Got to get up for work the next day, you know, and uh, school runs and all of these kind of things. And actually, I'm really looking forward to it in such a ridiculous, perverse way, knowing that I'm going to be absolutely shattered on Thursday. And if it doesn't go well, um, it is ridiculous, I think, to invest so much emotional um, (laughs) (laughs) emotional energy into a a bunch of uh, athletes who you've got no connection with on a personal (laughs) level whatsoever, uh, but still still do it. So but but actually, as much a part of that is the trip down and and, you know, there probably aren't many other things or occasions where me, my dad and my son would actually be spending all evening together like that and kind of all yeah. engaged in the same thing. I think that's quite a rare, rare thing as well. So it's as much as anything that that I'm that I'm looking forward to. But um, yeah, I, I, I think just 
I, I just connected probably with it in a way at a certain age that just meant that it became something I'm always going to be interested in and uh i don't ever see that changing i think it, it changes not to uh, you know um try and try and promote football to people who don't like it but because <laughs> there's a famous mitchell and webb sketch of course where it's just sort of like the football it, it, these are playing them and you know and, and it's a brilliant brilliant sketch and i completely i can I, i've got the self-awareness to see it from that side of the fence too <laughs> but i'm on this side of the fence going well yeah they are playing them it's going to be great so <laughs> so i can't i can't detach myself from that either so it's just yeah perhaps in my dna yeah i think so it sounds like it um and it's lovely that you know you've passed that down to your son as well i don't know if that was willingly or, <laughs> or not i don't know if he was interested but he'll probably go with you uh for now. anyway until maybe he gets gets older and he's like dad i don't want to be seen with you perhaps knows. it's gonna, but, it's gonna happen <laughs> you know enjoy it whilst it's around and and it is that like making memories as well like you say it's not it's not just the game like it could be a horrendous game but you're having a good time at the same time like it's all the kind of I don't know what the word is like the com- camaraderie that sort of thing and like you say like the journey down because you support someone who is too far away really well, yeah, yeah. That, that, that doesn't particularly help but I see so many mates down there and yeah it is like a yeah. social thing now as well you know so lots yeah. of lots of, and and really the the kind of the 90 minutes it's not inconsequential but it it really is only part of it you know and I think yeah. that's the that's the beauty of it I really enjoy that aspect of it of seeing seeing people and socializing and and, and enjoying that so that's as much as part of the day as anything yeah, I've just got to ask, why Tottenham? Since you don't live, they're not your local team, obviously. Yeah, and and it's certainly not for the glory, as, as again, anyone <laughs> would, would be able to tell you. But, you know, for, for me, um, it's actually my dad, but my dad is from even further north than I am. He's from Barnsley, so that doesn't necessarily explain it either. He decided in 1967 he'd support the opposite team to my brother in the cup final. Tottenham won, oh. and, and, and and sort of here we are uh, over half a century later. So, um, yeah, and, and they, yeah, they just they get under your skin. Yeah, yeah. I do find it, it does tend to be like a family thing, doesn't it? Just like, oh, my dad or my granddad or kind of whoever. Um, yeah, I find that really random, actually, that it can kind of be anywhere that you you don't have a connection with. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, that sort of connection to the club sort of is ingrained over a number of years. I suppose you get it by um, osmosis, I suppose, you know, because I had the VHS of watching the matches and things. So I'm actually now from writing the Spurs book, I'm part of a group called Yorkshire Spurs. And that has just completely changed everything the last few years as well, because now I am part of a more local community so right. um, th- they're the mates I'll go and see when I'm when I'm down there we right. have like social occasions and things so, and you know we're all in the same boat we're all a bunch of people who support a team that's a couple hundred miles away um, and, and again I think about the people who support them, Tottenham from 12,000 miles away you know and still mm-hmm. still find that thing there's a there's a there's a brilliant um, supporters group uh, called Hawaii Spurs and they pretty much post every week um, whenever Tottenham lose and, you know, we're all social media goes crazy with how bleak it is. Their go to tweet is, well, at least we're in Hawaii. And that 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 works. That works for me. Like, you know, I, I think I could cope with watching Spurs win, lose or draw if, uh, if it was on the beach of the cocktail. 
100%. (laughs) So you spoke on the intro um, about having like many kind of guises, you're a comedian as well. Um, Could you talk us through a little bit about that and how like that started and kind of how that was like a passion project as well? Yeah, so um, I did drama up to GCSE level. Uh, no, actually up to A-level, sorry. And uh, I, I chose not to go to it at university. I really enjoyed the performing side of it. It was a really great teacher who kind of gave me a bit of a shove uh, to, to to do that. And um, I liked making people laugh. That was the bit I enjoyed most. The bit I didn't like was pretend you're a tree. How does oh, the tree feel? Yeah. You are the colour blue. <laughs> and, and that really was was the kind of the the... the Maybe in a maybe in another life sliding doors moment, I'm a drama teacher somewhere. But that was the bit where I just didn't want to go down that road, if I'm honest. And I kind of regretted that a bit. And I got to the age of, I don't know, about 23, 24. And I was thinking about going into uh, amateur dramatics, just trying something, just just going back and exploring that side. Mm-hmm. And instead, I, I actually found improvised comedy and really enjoyed improvised comedy for about a year I was doing that in Nottingham with a group and we were performing shows and again the feeling the buzz of getting the laughs was fantastic um but I've got to be honest I enjoyed the scenes or the sketches where maybe it was just me and I was getting the laughs and I thought well I'll yeah. give this a go at stand-up entered a competition wrote three minutes of material that was a mix of autobiographical and kind of a funny story that someone had told me off the holidays I kind of mashed the two together mm-hmm. and did the gig got through to the final so I immediately had another gig in the diary I don't don't think I ever intended necessarily to do it for as long as I've done it but um, immediately had another gig in the diary and it snowballed from there really Um, it's led to a few exciting things so I've I've written a few uh, sketches and um, I've been on um, I've written for the the news quiz been the writer's room for the news quiz on on BBC Radio 4 so these kind of things that um, I've, I've always loved comedy loved sitcoms uh, enjoyed stand-up and kind of accidentally became a stand-up comedian um and uh, and and yeah and, and it, it, i mean really in a similar way to what i'm talking about football that's a whole bunch of other friends that's a different kind of group of people that i uh, now um most of my best friends are based in comedy so um so yeah so i i love it and travel all over the place doing it and um and every audience is different and it is it, it's a thrill and it doesn't you know I, I think it's most people's worst nightmare I think I you know and again I completely get that but mm. um yeah the, the, there's a real thrill to making a making a crowd of people laugh on a Friday Saturday night yeah definitely I can imagine it I mean it's definitely not not something that I want to pursue but but I can like I, I get it I, I get where that that would come from um and I'm getting that you kind of you love things like football like comedy and then you've kind of really focused in on those things like your energy and time and effort and money I assume as well um yeah that's what that's what I'm getting from what you're saying really that you kind of you love something and then you're like channeling your energy etc into that and and that's really cool well I I think and it's it's interesting reflecting on this and just kind of having conversations like this to to realize that yeah that is where I've put a lot of my energy and I try Mm -hmm. and kind of focus in on the stuff that I do enjoy doing and and it's not to say that there's nights sometimes where I think I'd really prefer to stay and watch Netflix and go and do this gig tonight Um, there's (laughs) <laughs> that sometimes happens when there's a football match, quite frankly. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's um, I, I think 
what I have tried to do is shape things as much as I can around my interests. I mean, I've kind of worked as a as, as a fundraiser um, a, a, alongside all of this as well, and, and kind of wanting to make sure that I've I've got a career that kind of I enjoy and get something back from, yeah. and and you know anywhere between sort of hobbies to side hustles, which you could call kind of call the the, the comedy and the writing and the podcasting and stuff um you know you, I think I think if you can do those things and you enjoy them I'm 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 kind of driven to achieve and I kind of give myself targets and um I don't I don't worry too much if I fall short of those targets but I think if you can kind of get a focus and and give yourself that goal then you know then you you and head towards that you're going in the right direction I guess so that's yeah absolutely that's, that's kind of what what I've done and 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 it's the reason why I say almost accidentally become a stand-up comedian because as I say I don't I don't it may well happen but I don't think it will I'm not necessarily going to be someone who's you're going to see on live at the Apollo one day there's lots of comedians out there kind of doing this Mm -hmm. but you can actually still make a very reasonable kind of living on the side of performing and being a being a professional or even semi-professional comedian and um and I, I really enjoy doing that. And I, again, I don't foresee a time at the moment where I'd where I'd stop doing that. So yeah. to fit that to fit that in with the rest of the life, yeah, you've got to you, you've got to be, I think, quite focused on it and want to do it. Yeah, definitely. And and it sounds like you're doing it because you do love it. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's 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 such a it, it's it's a great kind of community. And mm-hmm. you know, I think we've all sort of had a. We've, we've all had a rough few years and stuff and where, where that was literally taken away of course as well you know yeah. people weren't in live comedy venues that wasn't happening some of it moved online I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't dip my toe in that that was that was I, I, I didn't fancy that but I, I think you you could certainly feel it when we came when people were back in venues and laughing that actually people needed all of that and oh, and, and, pe- and people say things like you know it must be hard doing comedy and stuff and there's this kind of this divisive thing that everybody thinks that you know people that you that, that I, I don't know that, that you can't say what you want to say I, I go out and attempt to make people laugh and make it a community thing you know if 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 people are in an audience and they've come out to see me or see see a show that I'm part of on a Friday or Saturday night then you know for some people that's their one night out of the month or their one night out of the year you know or their first night out since having a kid or whatever it may be um so there's a responsibility I think there that I sort of treat that with of going you know you want to make sure people have a good night you don't want to you don't want to send people home having um uh, you know either singled them out or or you know I I just I'm really really focused on that of just making sure that it's a a, a good community thing so I do a lot of I do a lot of emceeing a lot of hosting where mm-hmm. it's just that gentle gentle chatting to people and find out what they do yeah. for a living or whatever it may be or relationships and stuff and I, I love that because it, it's um I, I think I think it's because some some emcees do ask people questions and don't really care what the answer is and I actually really right. genuinely <laughs> my favorite bit moments on stage where I'm chatting to someone and end up almost laughing about it myself because some of the things that people will tell you from the darkness is is, is really quite soul bearing um so uh so, so yeah I, I love I love doing it yeah your Instagram videos are funny where you show, you show that I love that um and that's really kind of you to be nice to the people in the audience because to be fair I think we've probably all been 
at a comedy show of some level and been like, oh my God, don't, don't pick me kind of thing. Or they're absolutely annihilating someone. And you're just like, oh God. And you don't want to help. <laughs> you don't want to move. You don't want to like draw attention to yourself. That's very kind of you that you're, you're nice to people. I mean, you, you see that, you see the fear in people's eyes. You see them go very still, like, uh, yeah. you know, it's like, like the Jurassic Park, like, like, like my site's based on movement. Uh, but, but no, um, but you know, I, I think as well, you can see the people who are really and you vibes of please do not talk to me and, and people yeah. who may be more open to it but I think if you go into it as well where you have a you know you're not going into uh, to 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 rip them to pieces or whatever it may be I think comedy clubs have changed quite a bit over the years and it was a lot more heckly a lot more combative than um yeah. you know maybe 10 20 years ago than, than it is now yeah good <laughs> <laughs> So if people are listening and they're thinking, like, I would love to have a passion project, what would you say, like, what are your tips to kind of start in something like that? So I think the first thing I'd say, and and I, I, I would compare this to the podcast that I've recently started, and again, that's it's about football and about retro football, is is making sure that it definitely is something you want to do. And I know that sounds really, you know, maybe a bit obvious, but mm-hmm. actually if you are going to go and maybe invest your time in this and you're going to really put yeah. the work and the effort in, there are very few things that you do. Depend, obviously it depends what your motivations are, but, you know, overnight success really isn't something that exists. And um, if it's something you're going to do and just enjoy it, then you're probably going to invest time in it. You're probably going to invest money in it, buying equipment or things like that. And this really applies to anything. So I think making sure that it's something you want to do, because there are going to be times where it's it's maybe more challenging, or there's going to be times, like I say, where you maybe would prefer to sit on the sofa and watch Netflix. And that's that's fine. And that's great. And there's always going to be opportunity to do that. So make sure that it's a, it is something that you're really passionate about. And I think mm-hmm. after that, I think then, you know, being consistent with something so I think that that's you know whether it's you know looking to like like so many different things where fitness and and going going for walks and just looking after your own well-being and and those sorts of things I think if I think if you're consistent with that and you kind of have a have a way that you you know that I'm going to do this at certain times or I'm going to commit this amount of time per week and I'm going to kind of hold myself accountable to it and yeah. you know, not being too hard on yourself because every week's different. We've all got different challenges, but but being again, being consistent, it comes mm-hmm. back to that same thing of if you enjoy doing it, you know, they say everyone's got a book in them and things like that. Well, actually, you know, you've, you, you've got to, you've got to sit and write the book and you've got to get into the process of enjoying that process. So I think yeah. find, finding that consistency mm, um, definitely. And, and I think investing in yourself, I think just kind mm-hmm. of, trusting you know that if this is something you want to do there might be a little bit of training or there might be a little bit of equipment or there might be a little bit of something that you that you want to do if you've kind of maybe ticked box one and two that you this is something you're really interested in and you're going to be consistent to then invest in yourself and kind of go you know well I'm I am going to get that bit of equipment or Mm -hmm. bit of training or bit of something um or or make that sacrifice so that I've got more time to do this um not to be scared of that to kind of almost trust in yourself and invest in yourself I think so yeah I think they're the kind of principles I think I would probably apply apply to most things Um, yeah yeah and I think it's I think it's showing up for yourself isn't it like 
you know, doing something for you. And, you know, sometimes it's almost it's almost self-care in a way that you're like finding something that brings you joy and doing more of it. Like that is just so valuable. Um, and even if it's just, you know, something something small, you know, we've spoken about, you know, because you are an author, comedian, et cetera, et cetera. It's like it doesn't have to be something like that. You don't have to be writing a book. I mean, great if you want to, but, you know, it, it doesn't kind of have to be something big. Um, you know, it can just be something that you enjoy. And I think we get so caught up in kind of work, get home, eat your tea, sleep, repeat, that sometimes you, you step back and you're like, what do I actually enjoy? Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and what do I do for fun? Um, and I think like, you know, we've maybe lost a bit of that along the way, especially, you know, like we said before about kind of people on their phone and whatever. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think you know, we don't always invest that time in ourselves. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the work, the working world does that it's changed so markedly in the last few mm. years, hasn't it? And actually there in, in a lot of careers and a lot of sectors and, and I appreciate not necessarily all, but there is perhaps more flexibility and there is more, more, more time, um, not necessarily on our hands, but kind of there's, there's less variety of the go to work and come home necessarily for lots of people at the same time as that when you're at home then you're kind of in that space still where you may be in a work headspace or or whatever it may be and and finding I think those ways to detach from that again are really important whether that be just making sure the laptop goes away at the end of the working day or whatever it may Mm be um because so many people and so many of us are invested in careers because we we have to be it's a um we've all got we've all got bills to pay but I think if you can then find that thing that as you say brings you joy um and and for me a a really long dog walk that's the thing as well that kind of you know just go out and and um walk walk for miles and miles and listen to a few podcasts or listen to listen to music um I I absolutely love doing that and I I can feel when I've not done that maybe a few weeks especially during the winter months when it's you you can feel that building up and that release of the the difference and and for some people that's going to the gym and for some people that's going out with friends whatever it may be make Mm -hmm. sure that you're you're finding finding that time I think it's really important um to 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 do that for everyone definitely very on brand thank you Carl (laughs) Um, so if you want listeners just take away one thing from this episode what would it be um I think um as one as one succinct message I think it's just (laughs) to um almost going down those lines of what we just said in terms of trusting your instincts about Mm -hmm. is it something you really enjoy doing is it something that you um can 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 stick to sometimes you may go down the wrong path and start a new hobby and go actually you know what this is just not for me I mean I think I think that life is too short to kind of watch the bad film all the way through or read the bad book all the way through or yeah. stay in the kind of job that you hate for too mm-hmm. long uh, you know yeah. we, we all we all hit those if you like dead ends and I think the biggest yeah. thing that I've kind of learned um is that no you know nobody's an overnight success nobody we, we live in a world where people can be looking at Instagram and things like that and maybe seeing people and, and things that like instant success and we're all perhaps subconsciously or consciously rating ourselves or ranking ourselves against other people all the time and it's not a healthy not a healthy place to be so I think you know um I would say that that thing of um trust trust your instincts in terms of um 
is this hobby for you or is this something you yeah. want to do and, and 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 make sure you take that time out for yourself to um to have that variety of different yeah. things but if something's not working out I, I think walk away from that situation walk away from that job leave that leave the cinema 20 minutes into that terrible movie <laughs> yeah. um life's too short go there's something there's another movie for you there's another job for you there's so trust your instincts Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm with you on that one. Um, so we are coming to the end. Uh, so I always ask guests for a recommendation. Uh, so it could be like a book, TV show, YouTube, whatever. Um, you can plug your own stuff, but I will put your all your details in the show notes so people can find you. Um, but yeah, what, what comes to mind? So for me, I, I was thinking about this in terms of most of the books are either kind of non-fiction and they're either like comedy based or football based and that's not not but really what a surprise <laughs> yeah I know on, on brand as, <laughs> as always um and, and I'm one of those people that's always like because I just have no no time seemingly for I'm always like half a decade behind on every box set <laughs> but I realized I really thought about it thought one of the things that I go back to quite a bit um that that's is desert island discs and certain yeah. episodes of desert island discs and it goes back to that point of nobody's an overnight success there's people like ruth ruth jones the the co-writer of gavin and stacy and bob yeah. mortimer and and alan carr victoria wood mickey flanagan these kind of people who grafted and worked at things yeah. i find that really inspiring and i also think it's really great there's some of those that I've listened to several times. The Ruth Jones one actually is absolutely fantastic because that was she, she's someone who um, discovered or found success, if you like, really quite comparatively late in life to lots mm -hmm. of people from a from a working class background where maybe felt like a career in the arts was a closed door to her, yeah. and you know is is obviously now phenomenally successful. So I think that that I find that particularly inspiring. I think that's a good. Mm place to kind of dip into it's quite easy listening it's the kind of thing yes. you can put on when you kind of walk in the dog yeah. um so that I, I i would say that there's a treasure trove on there if you're looking Absolutely. for interviews there's there's almost certainly someone yeah that you an actor or a comedian or an author or someone that you absolutely love so um if if it's not something you've ever discovered go and have a search for one or two of the names on there there's some very inspirational uh, interviews uh, on there to to, yeah. to go and delve into Definitely. Yeah, I love it. I, I sometimes kind of forget about it and then come back to it. And I'm like, oh, yes, like it is, like you say, it is a treasure trove. And and you you learn so much from different people. And I try not to kind of pick people out and just kind of listen to people that maybe I've never even heard of, um, because I feel like you always pick pick something up from their conversation. And it's not just about their music choices. It's, you know, about their life and, and things as well. So, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, really biographical and, and, mm. and you know, people people whose just stories you wouldn't otherwise yeah. otherwise know, you know, and, and I find that with one or two of the comedians autobiographies and so on, you know, mm. because I've, I've never been doing comedy long enough that one or two of the people I started out with, the, the very one or two, you know, are beginning to play really big tours or, or mm. arena arenas and things. And actually, you know, I gigged with them in the Spit and Sawdust pub, you know, with the, with the leaky toilets, you know, a decade ago. <laughs> yes. So everyone's on that everyone's kind of on that journey I think and everyone's in a different place but mm -hmm. but the one thing that is common is that whatever whatever your thing is and whatever you want to do start it start it tomorrow you know because yeah. um you know you that's the first step maybe towards the thing that you may go on to do for the rest of your life who knows so yeah go go and find your passion and, and follow it 
I mean, what a great thing to end on. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. It was really great to reconnect with you again uh, after years years apart of not working together. Um, so I will put all your details in the show. Well, not all of them. I'm not going to give away. <laughs> but, um, I'll, put, <laughs> yeah. um, I'll put the links to your books and, and your podcast. Do you want to just do like a very quick uh, sell of your podcast, please? Yeah, so my podcast is called When Football Began Again. It's all about the Premier League era, kind of retro football, me chatting to comedians and ex-players and things. I mean, I've chatted to my uh, wife's uh, teenage crush, uh, oh. so that was good. I managed to get him to say hello to her. So, um, so, so you know, um, so, yeah, it's, it's been good fun so far. So that's called When Football Began Again. Fabulous. So go and give that a listen and you can connect with Carl online as well. So yeah, thank you very much, Carl. See you soon. Thanks, Beth. See you soon. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. It was great to reconnect with Carl and obviously I'm a bit biased, but it was good to hear his story, how he got into the avenues of comedy and doing his podcast and his love of football. And yeah, like I said in the intro, I hope it inspires you to take up a hobby of your own. If you want to connect with Carl, you can find his details in the show notes and check out his podcast too. If you'd like to be a guest or have any recommendations for a guest, drop me a DM over on Instagram at PositivityWithBeth or email me thejoyseries1, that's the number one, at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to like, rate and subscribe to put on your positive pants so even more people can access a weekly dose of positivity. And I'd really love it if you could leave a review too so more people can know about this podcast. Until next time, bye!